Welcome to the 616 show, the show where we talk about anything and everything pop culture related. I am your host, Eugene, joined by my lovely co-host, Haven. Did you miss us? Well, we missed you most of all. If you haven't seen Haven's Instagram, <laughs> he's got a beautiful mane of hair that you need to see. Oh, stop it. Also, that <laughs> smile. <laughs> <laughs> the crooked tooth smile. Uh, you know what? I'm so mesmerized by everything around it that I don't, don't even notice it. <laughs> Here at the show, like we said, we talk about the things that kind of circle around the internet that can be comic books movies tv shows anything really pop culture related office supplies parking spaces you name it we'll talk about it well i'm sure there is a podcast for those things <laughs> but we're going to talk about the big things and for the past few weeks we've been talking about our favorite superhero shazam <laughs> not really our favorite i was gonna say what is wrong with you? Like, did you just break out of Arkham talking like that? We love Shazam. We love Billy Batson and the Shazam family. But we can't seem to gather the excitement for its sequel, Shazam Fury of the Gods. And if, like I said, if you've been following us, we have been predicting that this movie is just going to bomb. Yep. And looking right now at this weekend's box office numbers... It looks like Shazam is open to $30 million. And that's with a projected $35 million. So it actually performed under. So Haven, your initial reaction to that number? I mean, ouch, first of all. Secondly, it sounds like the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern movie probably beat them in the box office. Well, to be fair... Superheroes weren't as big when Ryan Reynolds kind of did the, the Green Lantern, so I wouldn't be surprised. Oof. But, I mean, I'm honestly shocked that they would think they could make $35 million this weekend. I'm more surprised that they got to 30 Did you expect any of these numbers? Um, Sort of, but... You know, this is coming from a time and for the last 10 years where we're used to movies, especially superhero movies, getting up into that $100 million opening. Oh, yeah, I don't doubt that for one second. But with those characters, you had an established fan base. You had people following them. And Shazam is a deep cut, like, you know, cult classic character that people like you and me loved and followed in shows like Justice League Unlimited, Young Justice, and other things along that line. But there just wasn't the hankering and need for Billy Batson on the big screen. And that's why it's under delivering. Yeah. And like we've discussed before, it, the, the, what the DC universe kind of struggled with was connecting all of these fibers to each other. You know, why do I want to go see a movie about this character Shazam? If, mm -hmm. if a, <laughs> this universe is going to be gone by, you know, in, in a couple months, and B, I mean, I have no real connection to what is what's his connection to Superman? What's his connection to Batman? These other legacy characters that we really care about and we love. True, but I don't think you always need and everything connecting to each other like a big old puzzle piece that forms the Hall of Justice. I'm fine with just a little one shot movie maybe you get a sequel maybe it spins off into a series maybe you get some other characters showing up in it 
I'm good with that. The problem is the character they picked. But I'm also speaking from a point where we also need to understand that the DC universe was a few years younger than the MCU. So they mm -hmm. kind of had to do the process of introducing these characters, tying them all together. Whereas the MCU nowadays, you can kind of toss out pretty much any character as long as they have, you know, a compelling story and, you know, they have the charisma to to keep a movie and people will come and see them. And still, even you get characters like Mr. Immortal showing up in She-Hulk, a character no one's ever thought of seeing live action. Yeah, I think the biggest problem with Shazam, why it doesn't get the crowds, why it doesn't bring in the star power is because of Zachary Levi. Nothing about like him or his takes or anything, but I just don't think he's got a strong enough following. I mean, sure, you had you know, his show Chuck, which was, okay, a cult classic, but he he's not a leading man, in my opinion. I think he's more of a character actor that could be used better. Okay, okay. Do you think uh, other people like Chris Evans, people kind of said the same thing back in the day, or do you think Chris Evans has kind of been able to uh, evolve into a lead character or a leading man? Ooh, that is a... That's a good question. I I feel like people were probably on the same fence with Chris Evans, but I think it was a bit of both. Like he showed he had the acting chops to follow it and he grew into the character because no one would see him going from the Human Torch to Captain America overnight. But with Zachary Levi, I just, he's funny looking to me right off the back. He doesn't have that leading man handsome face like a Chris Evans or Robert Downey Jr. And also, there's just something off about him. He rubs me the wrong way. If anything, we haven't seen the movie yet. We're kind of uh, holding off until it's on streaming services. But the kid who plays Billy Batson seems to have it going. But like, like many people have said, once there's no real consistency between the two characters like i feel yeah. billy batson is one character and then his grown shazam version is a completely different character and there's it doesn't feel like that i think oh yeah mm -hmm. I, I i don't i think zachary levi is trying to be uh, a 12 or 13 year old however old he is in the first one but he it just comes off as very dumb <laughs> is that the right word yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> he just he just I seems think like you hit the nail on the head right there so Shazam's, yeah, $30 million projected to make 35. So we're greatly underperformed. And right now it's sitting at uh as of right now, 53% critic approval on Rotten Tomatoes. But 90% of people like it so far. Well, no, no, no. I'm sorry. That is Google. Oh. 80% of people, 88% of people like it. So that is really high. So the viewers seem to like it, but Obviously, the critics are panning it. It's rotten right now, 53%. Which I'm not surprised about. You had a weird brimstone dragon. You have these three witches and then this little Amazon girl, I'm guessing, running around. That's why Wonder Woman comes in. It just, it doesn't seem like this movie flows. Yep. So, like, where where do they, where did they expect they were going to get that, that extra five mil? <laughs> well, these critics aren't really helping it. I'm going through the the comments. One critic says bombastic and cacophonous. 
a relentlessly overstimulating <laughs> carnival that relies heavily on CGI and a crushing and clanging soundtrack to fake its ambitious scale. Was that Kevin Smith? <laughs> that is not no, no. <laughs> Kevin Smith would be like, dude, yeah. <laughs> fighting through the tears. <laughs> well, not anymore. He's not getting high anymore. <laughs> Let's see. And then there is a there are some positives. Shazam Fury of the Gods benefits having the whole family be a big part of the film. That says nothing. Yeah. This one, despite lacking so much of what made Shazam great, the first one I'm guessing, there's fun to be had with Fury of the Gods, a movie that serves as a reminder to the DCEU that the DCEU wasn't all bad. It's just a shame it never quite manages to electrify us in the same way as its predecessor. Why is it putting Shazam on this pedestal? It sounds to me like they're saying, well, it's not great. It's good, but at least it's not, I don't know, Suicide Squad, the first Suicide Squad. At least it's not, uh, what's another DC? At least it's not Justice League. That's what This is what these comments are saying to me. I mean, I would rather watch, I would rather pay five times in a row to go see the Josh Wheaton Justice League than to go pay and watch Shazam 2 once. Oh, them's fighting words. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know, man. I think Come we need Twitter. We just need to watch that movie one more time through and you can you'll probably want to take that back. Hey, hey, just just let me be a big man for once, Eugene. I'm, I'm <laughs> I got a thing going. And it's such a shame because they have a character named Eugene in it and I'm so proud. <laughs> I'm looking at a picture of him. Your namesake is being sullied. I think we'll end up seeing it. We'll give you our full review once we both see it eventually. Maybe we'll do a little special. Ooh, I like the idea of that. Like a little hate watch special. A hate watch special. (laughs) Okay, but you know who is special? Who? Superman. Oh, yes. The last son of Krypton. (laughs) So James Gunn tweeted uh, a few days ago, four days ago, that uh, he says, yes, I'm directing Superman Legacy to be released on July 11th, 2025. My brother Matt told me when he saw the release date, he started to cry. I asked him why. He said, dude, it's dad's birthday. I hadn't realized. How do you forget something like that? Especially like when you're releasing what is no doubt going to be the biggest movie in this next slate of the DC cinematic universe. The biggest movie with the biggest hero and you forgot it was your dad's birthday but he does he does kind of reply and add a little bit more to this thread talking about his father uh and the process of in which he became the head of this universe uh it's very touching mm-hmm. james gunn's a, james gunn is a good guy as far as we all know he's a master wordsmith almost more it's more than 2 years away before we get a superman movie so what are we getting in between you know i don't mind waiting to that long i think it's going to be worth the wait we've been oversaturated with superman batman wonder woman and it's all been crap aside from matt reeves is the batman i think a little reprieve from the holy trinity is just what we need to cleanse our palate and be hungry for superman legacy it gives us a little bit of time to kind of forget about henry cavill let go yes. of uh, the initial reaction that some people are still feeling about his that whole process. We all know what happened. <clears throat> and I think it gives them time to really find their Clark Kent, which is probably going to be the yeah. next big announcement we're all looking for. Who is going to play Superman? 
I'm telling you, it's going to be Adam Warlock from Guardians 3. I will die on that hill. We'll see how Guardians does. We'll see if I forget the actor's name. But if he does well as Adam Warlock, then yeah, I I, I could I could see it. But then again, he'll have to go. He'll have to dye his hair. Which isn't that big a leap. I mean, most of the actors wear wigs in all the movies. I know, but when you see someone, some people who who color their hair darker, it just it just looks odd. You know, it just like you can just tell. It's like that's not your real hair color. That's true. I couldn't picture you as like a blonde or a ginger. I know you with dark hair. I can only see you with dark hair. Well, uh, prepare to be surprised next time we see each other. Then what? But enough about me, Superman, Superman. <laughs> uh, I'm going through his tweets. Yeah, he talks about how he was approached with writing the script. He said it. he was very hesitant. Uh, his partner, Peter Safran, the other person in charge of this new DC universe. Yes. Kind of pushed him. But yeah, it, it, it does feel like it's going to be a very personal story. And I think we can get a deep version and not the you know, classic Hollywood James Gunn superhero movie we see with a killer soundtrack, wacky action and cursing. Because if you remember, he did Brightburn, which was the anti-Superman origin story. And that was just amazing. It was everything I wanted, like the evil Superman to be and more. This is a serendipitous. Oh, I just just saw that. Someone just said it is serendipitous too, but this is... (laughs) I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a long two years, and 2025 is going to be a good year. We already have shows like The Last of Us, I think, which is aiming for that day, I that year, I believe. I think we have House of the Dragon, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yes. Give me more of House of the Dragon. Obviously, the rest of the Marvel slate. We have Fantastic Four, I think, in 2025. Uh, It's going to be a good year. So that's going to be a, a very good year. And I'm okay if we get nothing for the next two years. If they could just stop and then just kind of reset both the MCU and DCU, just kind of reset and then work on just really hitting us in 2025. I mean, I'll be I'll be much older, but hey, let's do it. Exactly. I'll be fine with that. I can go back and watch whatever catch up on shit I missed while I was waiting for Shazam 2 to come out and just be happy when we get new special content. And then speaking of special again, no, let's talk about something spectacular. Oh. How about amazing? What? (laughs) Unsullied? No, he was never described (laughs) that way. (laughs) Spider-Man. Web of? (laughs) No, no. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. So there has been a topic of debate that kind of has been circling around social media and things like that because of a alternate universe or alternate view of Spider-Man that was shown in one of his comics that's running currently, but it's from the end of the Spider-Verse. In one of the issues, it basically has it gave us a glimpse into what Peter Parker's life would be, would have been, if he were never bitten by that radioactive spider. And lo and behold, his Life is perfect, apparently. I mean, is would there ever be any doubt? With there's a reason with great power comes great responsibility. Responsibility is a drag, it ruins your life. Yeah, and I think what people need to understand that no no hero's life is 
perfect. When you decide to go into the superhero business, your life is going to be hell. You're going to lose people left and right. You're going to have to make difficult yes. decisions. You're going to see a lot of crap. So yeah, I, can you name a single superhero who has the perfect life? It doesn't make for a Tony good story. Stark. No. Well, I mean, even Tony Stark struggled with his demons. No superhero True, has a perfect all. life. And some people say a lot of, of course, it's kind of like a duh statement, but a lot of people are like, well, what about all these villains and stuff? Wouldn't they be running rampant uh, across New York City? Well, I think if we think about it, I feel like a lot of these villains came to be and came into existence uh, almost indirectly because of Peter Parker. Would you not argue that? No, I completely, it's like that with any hero. Maybe they're still running around and being bad guys, but it's on a very lower scale. It's not like Spider-Man stopped them from robbing a bank and then throws them into a vat of acid, and then they show up as the Green Goblin. The reason these characters are such threats is directly because of Spider-Man. He is the downfall of New York. J. Jonah Jameson was right. He is a menace. <laughs> hey, we're not trying to paint Peter Parker as a villain. <laughs> come on now come on but i think <laughs> i think you know you look at characters like norman osborne and his obsession with taking down spider-man i almost feel like that obsession kind of overrides the bigger plot and what he's trying to accomplish in most stories obviously modern stories is a little different but in the past right. the most treacherous things he has done were to spider-man and not to the citizens of new york Mm -hmm. Killing his girlfriend, mm -hmm. almost killing his aunt. Does does that make sense that Peter Parker would have a perfect life? Absolutely. The only reason he is Spider-Man is because he is the Charlie Brown. He has all these great gifts, all these great abilities, but because of it, he can't have a normal life. He can't have a stable relationship. Yeah, and I think what people should also understand that that's what makes Peter Bar Peter Parker such a great character. I mean the. He was turned into Spider-Man, at least in today's canon, when he was, what, 14 or 15. I mean, he was just yep. a kid who wanted – he was an, a, an awkward kid in school. He was bullied and things like that. He just wanted to live a, a normal life, but he was thrust into this life of a superhero because he happened to be bitten by a spider and gained all these abilities. And because of what his uncle said before he died. He wanted to be the man his uncle saw him as. And that's what made – what makes any Spider-Man iteration, whether it's uh, the Raimi or the MCU version, so great is it's this character learning to carry the burden of and the cross of what it takes to be a hero. And Absolutely. it's really hard to replicate that. It is really hard to replicate that with many other heroes. Captain America, he's, he was a scrawny kid who wanted to join the military and and beat the Nazis. Tony Stark, he wanted them to wrong or right the wrongs that he did. But uh, yeah, there's just something very personal about Peter Parker and his story. Yeah, I think the way the world is today, you if Spider-Man, Captain America, these characters never existed and someone tried to birth them in this day and age, I don't think it could be done because you don't see characters nowadays that are that forthright that actually care about people and want a better society around them. It's all about Whipping and making jokes and seeing what I can get out of it while still doing better for the greater good. Well, those are our three talkers for the week. But before we close out the show, we are going to start a new segment. 
it is something that Haven and I are going to be very selfish with because we want to entertain ourselves <laughs> while we entertain you. So the game that we're going to play is guess that character. Yeah, working title. We're not going to say if it's a hero or a villain because that's that's debatable. But yeah. each week we're going to take a turn and I pick or Haven picks a character and the other has one minute to guess them and they can be yes or no or DC or Marvel or male or female questions. But if he can figure out in a in that minute, then he gets a virtual high five from me and you. Mm-hmm. Two geeks enter, one wins. <laughs> one shall stand, one shall fall. Haven, you have one minute to guess this character. I will count you down in three, two, one. Okay. Uh, DC or Marvel? DC. DC. Okay. Man or woman? Man. Man. Did he grow up rich? He didn't in this iteration yet. Okay, he didn't. Uh, Is he an animal-themed hero? No. No. Is he the last of his kind? No. No. Is he human or mutant? Human. Human. Does he have powers? Yes. Can he stretch? Yes. Yes. Ooh. Does he wear goggles? Yes. <laughs> Does he have a red unitard? Oh, that is time. I will answer that question. He ah. does. He does, but no, 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 that's fine. You had a minute to guess to get your uh, guesses in, but I'm going to give you one guess because time ran out. So who do you think it is? Eel O'Brien Plastic Man. Wow. You know, you cl- you clutched that in like the last 15 seconds. <clears throat> I was like, there's no way he's going to get this character. There's no way. <laughs> And then once you started, oh, see, virtual high fives for Haven all around. Do not come at me with plastic, man. He is one of my OGs. Well, I told you, I wasn't going to make this too difficult. We're not going to pick bottom of the barrel characters. But, you know, I feel like he's kind of out there enough. That would yeah. at least, it would at least make you really think. I'm not going to give you Superman to start out with because. Oh, no, you can't make it too easy. Yeah, but plastic, man. I knew plastic. I had a feeling you get plastic, man, but I also. Didn't think you were going to get him about 40 seconds in. So Ooh, I I did not think you were going to go with a cut like that. I was expecting Kite Man, Mr. Freeze, Clayface, someone like no, that. No, I but... mean, no, Mr. Freeze and Clayface would be good. But Kite Man's a little, I feel like he's a little bottom of the barrel D-list. But I mean, Plastic Man's a C or a B. I'll put him at a, as a high C-list mm-hmm. character. Excellent choice. Well. Hopefully, I will perform as well next week. Oh, I got something special for you. You got something special? Okay, so Mm -hmm. now you're making me nervous because, yeah, I'm going to have to come prepared. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, what do you guys think of our game? I think it's fun. Hell yeah, round two. Let's go. Anyways, what do you guys think? Did you see Shazam? Did you like it? Did you love it? Should we see it? Or should we really just wait until HBO Max comes out with their release of it? Preferably. What do you think of James Gunn's Superman announcement? Are you excited to see the James Gunn version of Superman? And who do you want to see cast as Superman? Mm-hmm. Is Spider-Man the, the Marvel Universe's Charlie Brown? Is he better off that way? Does it make sense that we need a Spider-Man? I think we kind of proved our point, right? The yeah. world needs Spider-Man as much as it needs a Superman. I would almost argue that. He's a menace, but he's a hero. In certain journalist eyes. 
but not ours. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you can find us on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, all those great places. We are here every Monday for your wrap up. We'll call it. We're still going to call it a wrap up. Yes. Yeah. Fireside wrap up. Make sure to join us, though. We are here every Monday. But for now, I am your host, Eugene. I'm Haven Huge Fan. And this is The 616 Show. See you. <laughs>